0: Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message.
1: Well, it is good to see you all. I am excited about what we have going into the new year, but we even, before we go there, we got a great holiday season coming up and a lot of things that we know the Lord's going to be doing. Uh, But we're already gearing up, really, for 2017. I know that's scary to even talk about. Um, but God's doing good things here. He's showing us a lot of things for the year <clears throat> that we'll be sharing pretty soon. So, um, But we actually, I think we are, I see Char, oh, HR Char is here. Okay, making sure our speaker is here. Um, you know, what's interesting, if you've been coming here for any period of time, you probably hear um, you know, a few voices consistently, four or five voices consistently speaking. Uh, but there's a lot of leaders here, and there's uh, we have a pastoral team full of people who help and serve and who lead beyond just Joy and I and, and Ralph and Wanda. Um, and you know, today is a real treat because you get to hear from what I would consider like a seasoned oak tree that's been around for a little while, right, Shar? It's not an old, old joke, but <clears throat> but uh, you're in for a treat. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom and depth and insight here and a lot of life experience. Uh, so just kind of sit back and enjoy it. And I just, even before you come up, share. I just felt even to pray for all of us, just kind of close your eyes now and just get ready to receive. And I'll tell you, what I have learned for the over the years is just to be ready because you never know when God is just going to say something that's going to just blow your doors open. And don't ever get in a posture of where I can't receive or I can't hear or, you know, you just never know what God he's full of surprises so lord i pray even today lord holy spirit you are here and you are speaking to us and we just open our ears this morning just to hear you and like a good father you like to speak to your kids so lord we just we're in a posture this morning of just listening and receiving what you have and thank you for those seeds that just go deep and they start and they grow. And even the seeds this morning, they're going to get planted and they're going to get watered and they're going to grow up into a mature tree, a mature plant. So Lord, have your way here this morning and uh, thank you for what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcome Shard to Corey.
0: One. <laughs> Whoa, I got to practice that up on this. I practice it at home, but my uh, my floors aren't made out of this stuff. So, okay. So, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to repeat myself. Rejoice. I say rejoice. Philippians four four. I'm going to move this stuff because I am going to do a Ralph today and have like. What did you say last time, Ralph? Seventy two sheets. I'm doing Ralph today. i got 72 sheets. So I'm going to put those there so i got room for mine. Okay, rejoice always. Rejoice always. First Thessalonians 5, 16. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 15, 13. In your presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11. That's not something we're waiting for. That's something that's right here, right now. Now, I had, I got to tell you guys, I had a little snippet, like a little quick vision this morning, and, you know, there's a lot going on, but I got this, like, real quick from God. I just want to put it out there. Okay, pretend right now we're all back in school. It's a holiday week. It's holiday weekend, right? We're back in school. We had Thanksgiving. We're full of turkey. We're full of tryptophan. Teacher puts in a movie. So we go, oh, okay, we're just going to coast right? Can you picture that? Okay, so it's a holiday week. We've listened to happy video. Char's going to talk about being happy. We're going to just kind of sit back and coast. Please don't do that. Please don't do that because God gave me some really good stuff. So promise me you stay with me and it's going to be good. So... Now, you know when you're watching TV, you're watching, like, you get, I don't know if you guys get, like, junky on certain shows like we do, but, you know, they do the, like, if there's a two-part thing or if you're just watching a show and says previously on Blue buds. <laughs> and then they give you these quick, these just real quick, so you know what's going on, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Because the way my brain works is, even if it's mostly for me and not you guys, just the way my brain works is I have to know where the piece that I'm going to share fits. So whether you want to or not, I'm going to make sure that the pe- what I'm going to share, the piece that I'm going to share, you know where it fits. Okay, so what has God been speaking, and what am I going to do with it today, and where are we going to go? Okay, so um, last month, it goes so fast, it seems like it was just, Ralph talked about living with a green light, that we're empowered. That's one of our core values. We're empowered. We're ready to go. We don't have to be afraid to step out. Not just the leaders, everyone. We're empowered. It's a healthy place. New hope is healthy and flourishing. God has done amazing things, and we're well. We are well. We're doing great. We are in a greenhouse, right, where the environment is good, the air and the soil quality is excellent. We're safe, and we're in a good place. And this healthy greenhouse is a house full of ministers, so this is, this is something that we want to remember. We want this to become part of our thinking. And real quick, I'm going to paraphrase again what Harold Eberly said because um, it's so important. I've, I have reduced it down to like 10 words. He said, God has gone before us and put everything in place. We're set up for success. Now is the time. Think big and do it. So from the green light, green house... We're good to go. And just from that piece there, we could get a dozen messages. What does that look like? What are we good to go do? We've got ministry happening everywhere in this building every Sunday. We've got ministry happening during the week. We're, I'm going to talk a little about that. We've got stuff going. So we've got that piece. We're good to go. We have green light. We're in a good place. We've got that piece. And then we have the happy piece that God, that God spoke to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put those two things together, and we're going to take we're going to take, we're ready to go, and we're going to take joy, and we're going to put them together. I woke up one morning, it was a few weeks ago after Steve, it was actually several weeks ago, Steve had asked me to, um, to speak today, and I literally, literally woke up with that song. I had, I had the song, so I knew God said, okay, get the song, get the video, blast it, and then immediately, like the three main points for today's word were right there, so we're ready to go and we're happy, and this is what I feel like that God wants that to be to us today. We are ministers of joy to the world. So where I'm going to start is our, our happiness, our countenance, who we are, is one of our most basic and frontline gospel presentations. How we share the gospel sometimes without speaking. I love this quote. Always preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. Right? Isn't that great? Always preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. So being happy or peaceful, I'm going to get into this too. It's not all about just we're jumping up and down all the time. Whatever it looks like in you, happy, peaceful, you know the Lord, you know the peace and the joy of God. It's a first seed. Maybe it's an attention getter. Maybe it's a friendship builder. But I think that there's people out there that are not happy. Does anybody agree that there's people out there who need a little joy and a little peace? We have the opportunity, just by being who we are, to create a contrast. If we were English teachers, right? If we were English teachers, one of the many things that we would see in the word, in the Bible, is contrast. There's a ton of it, right? Right? Light and dark. I mean, It's full of it, right? So contrast. We have an opportunity to be living contrast. So Psalm 1611. In his presence is fullness of joy. It's complete. It's lacking nothing. It's fullness. I'm not even sure we can wrap our brains around that at this point. It's fullness. Full, full, full joy. In Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. Quick, get your iPhone. Get a video before it leaves. Quick. No, no, he said, indeed, because the kingdom of God is within you. So where is the fullness of joy it's within us if we understand it and we let it be, right? If we allow it to be. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So these guys, okay, so in the history, what was going on there, these guys were nitpicking. Jonathan taught us last week so beautifully. If you if you weren't here, listen to that. That's incredible. So one of the many things he taught us was that the two covenants existed together for a while. And so these guys were living in that time when all they knew was to obey the letter of the law. All they knew their whole lives was that this is what we do, don't do, eat, don't eat, observe, don't observe. That's all, that's all they knew. And so um, Paul's response then is, is is essentially the same thing as Luke 17, 21. No, no, it's within you. If you, if you, if you follow those rules and you do it with a right heart, great. Right? You follow the rules, you're honoring God, great, fabulous. You don't follow the rules. This is where they were at. You don't follow the rules and you do it with a right heart, great. Basically, that's what he was saying. He was saying, most importantly, forget about it. That's not what it's about. You're missing the whole point. It's about your heart. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Make those your core values. Put those on your website. So we don't have those exact circumstances that they had. Can you imagine that time in history, how difficult it was for them to try to figure that all out? We're never going to have that. We're never going to have that. We have 40 versions of the Bible. We have iPhones. We have everything. I mean, you pick up your phone, you need a verse. There it is, three seconds later. They didn't have that. They didn't, it wasn't written yet. It was just being written. So we're never going to have that, but we might have things that cause us to nitpick and to lose our focus. And what did Paul say? Guys, it's not about that. So we are living right now in an incredible time in history when a huge shift is happening. This is really cool. We need to understand what God is doing. God has been revealing his love more and more and more, and we're listening. And the shift away from a mean, angry, cruel God to a love us like crazy, good, good father... And so who we are is changing, and so our gospel presentations are going to be changing if we're doing what God is doing about the Father's business, right? He so loves them. So that shift right now, we are living right now in the time in history when that is happening. People like Jonathan have correctly interpreted for us Uh, the scriptures and history, and we're understanding, we're (laughs) scraping the surface probably, understanding how wonderful God really is. And last week, Jonathan also said, New Hope is an epicenter for reformation. That is so cool. If you haven't let that sink in, let that sink in. If you're here and you're part of New Hope, you're part of that, God is doing something. Amazing. We also need to be aware, though, that there's going to be people who say, what is she talking about? Doesn't she know that God doesn't change? Doesn't she know that scripture? Everybody knows the word says. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. He doesn't change. We were way off. Right? Right? Okay. So, he's been very patient while we got it right. And he sent send us truth and uh, revelation. We are not saying that God has changed. So if we come up against that, we are not saying God has changed. We are saying we are finally starting to get it. I remember 15, 20 years ago, I don't know if any of you guys can relate, maybe a few of you. Um, we, we thought we were pretty cool. We were, we were a force to be reckoned with. So, uh, in other words, a threat, right? But I'm not sure we were totally clear on who we were a threat to or what exactly that was supposed to look like. I, was, I know, at least for me, it was a little fuzzy, and I'm not really sure that we were understanding where that should be pointed at and who the enemy really was. Was the enemy the people who don't believe like we do, like we'll show them how self-righteous we are and how we, we do this, we have this better life. We don't live the sinful, nasty life that you do because we love God so much. Really? Now we can actually see how ridiculous that is. I don't know if anybody's relating, but I remember doing it those days, right? And so Father is showing us that it's not about that. And he's really merciful kind and kind of patient with us. Okay, guys, let's just, you know, let's just soften that up a little bit. You know, let's just uh, make a little shift here. Um, we are a threat. We are a threat, but we're a threat to the enemy. We are on the same side with them. It's us and them against darkness. We're not, it's not about we believe, you believe, you know, you. We're gonna love the hell out of Halloween. I love that. I loved that when Joy shared that. And back then, we understood the concept of image. Now I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk about image a bit. Um, so I think we understood it sort of. We sort of understood image. We used to say, "Oh, they're watching us. They're watching us." I remember talking about that at home group, and um, but. W- But what we meant was they're watching us to see if we're hypocrites and we're breaking the rules, right? Because what happened was that we had communicated to them that it was all about the rules, right? And so then they threw back at us when we broke our crazy rules, right? So we basically reduced the father to a set of rules, If you've never read Culture of Honor by Danny Silk and what he calls a relationship with the rules, I recommend it. It's vital, it's key, it's a relationship with the rules. But we did understand the image part. We did understand the image part. We had half of the equation. We read the word, we understood it somewhat. But we um, so we knew image, but I don't think we were we just weren't totally getting that. Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. John 13:35. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And my favorite, John 17:21. Jesus is praying that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in the world, that they may also be one in us, that, or so that, the world may believe that you sent me. So we have this totally biblical, absolutely legitimate from the Father's heart concept of our image. It's just very real in God's heart. But we need to be wise as to how we understand that and how we use it. Paul said in Colossians 4:5, walk in wisdom toward those that are on the outside. Walk in wisdom. Be careful. Think before you speak. He said, redeeming the time. And then verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you are to answer each one. We usually isolate verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace. That's a fabulous idea, of course. We isolate that, memorize it, teach it to our kids, and then we hear them fighting in the other room, and we go, that doesn't sound like grace to me. But we forget that what Paul was talking about was interacting with unbelievers. Let your speech be always with grace. Be careful. Redeem the time. Know what culture you live in and what culture they live in. Use your emotional intelligence. That's another whole sermon. That's a, that's a book. It is. Written. There are books. Emotional intelligence. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Because the world that we live in now is looking for authentic. They don't want to hear about religion or rules. They've heard it all before, and they're not interested. Do You blame them. They're not interested, and we can't fool them. I got a story. This was just, just. Wednesday afternoon in my house, a friend, sort of friend, we've gotten to be friends with you know, a gentleman who has a business Mechanical, like everything. He knows how to do basically everything. So he was at our house because um, we had an outdoor faucet broken. So he came to fix that, and then I asked him while he was there, would he clean the furnace? So he fixes the faucet, he cleans the furnace, and I'm at my kitchen table with all these papers and my computer open, and I'm preparing for this sermon. And he sits down at my table, and he starts to write out the invoice, and he's just, like, looking at me. And I'm just like looking at him. And he's looking at me. And I'm looking at him. And I just knew, I knew that the Holy Spirit said, This is a very, very, very fertile ground right here. This man is very tender. And he's just totally at the door, he's right there. So I struck up a conversation with him, asked him a couple questions. We started talking. Um, discussions of God, church, the Bible. What was I going to talk about on Sunday? Blah, blah 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 blah. And just the gospel just came out of my mouth, and he got saved. Yeah, I know. Nothing like nothing like working on a sermon at your kitchen table when someone walks in. He was just so ready. So I needed to listen. I needed to say what do I say to this person? And so, But one of the things he said, the reason I have him I, well, a great testimony, but the, one of the things I want to tell you about that is that one of the things that he said was all the churches teach the same thing. You got na-na-na-na-na-na-na na na, 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 na you are not going to let me in if I don't tithe, he said. And so on and on and on and of course, I told him that was ridiculous and you know, he ought to come visit us and that he, we will love him. And um, But he, what the, 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 he had said, all the churches teach the same thing. So he's been listening. He's been listening. He took it all in. He knew. He knew. He knew all. He was waiting for me to say the same, the same, the same, the same, the same. And I didn't. In my book which I'm currently researching, publishing of, and I appreciate your prayers for. I have two chapters specifically about image. The first one is called Better Thought Bubbles. And then for the second one, I got really creative. The title is Better Thought Bubbles (laughs) 2. So the idea is, what is in their thought bubble? Bing. Right? So all the people walking around out there, all the unbelievers walking in the streets, if we could see in their thought bubble, if we say Christians, what would we see? Well, what I believe we would see is the sum of all of their previous experience with Christians. And I have personally heard these. They're male-dominated and oppressive to women, Really strict and lots of rules. So I'm going to push the pause button right there. I got another story. I could, I have like a story for every line here, but I had to like pick the ones that I really, you know, feel like God wants me to share. So I got another story. Okay, so what we're talking about is what's in people's thought bubbles, and I have personally had someone say to me, the Christians, Christian churches, lots of rules. So just yesterday, just last night, I had a very um, intense phone call from a friend who is needing to have a memorial service because her daughter has passed away. And uh, wondering if we might be available, Mark and I, her her other daughter and her husband were married by Mark and they loved the ceremony and so this is a grieving mom. The daughter had died uh, two two hours before the phone call and they know they need to you know, get that started. So we were talking, and um, they do belong to a denomination. Uh, But she said, but I feel like a personal touch will be so much more meaningful, and the minister in the denomination really didn't know her like you guys did. And so... um, you know, it might, be more, it might be more personal, so we're talking about that. And so then she, she said, well, I know there's lots of rules in the denomination. I know they have lots of rules. We can't this, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. We have to this, this, this. And so she said, so what are your rules? And so I said, we have no rules. I said, these are our rules. If you need us, we're there for you. And I said, we want to be a blessing. We have a beautiful facility. We have resources. We have new equipment. And we want to do what you want us to do, and we want to be a blessing to you at this time. Those are our rules. Okay, so back to the thought bubbles. Okay, so... Really strict lots of rules. They're always trying to sell me their religion. Always telling me what I do wrong. That's another that's another book. I call that the sin gospel. And I have that, I have details, lots of details about that in my book too. So I always tell me what I do wrong. Okay, so the sin gospel. And this is my personal favorite. A friend of mine said this to me. I don't want to be a Christian because I want to have fun. So I guess it's one or the other, guys. (laughs) That's in thought bubbles out there. We need to be aware that that's in thought bubbles out there. Somewhere along the line, you can either be a Christian or you can have fun. So then where I go with this in my book is that we've got to change those thought bubbles. It's not going to happen overnight, but we need to be out there living As we go, remembering what God is doing on the earth right now, right? As we work, go to school, because there's some pretty rough thought bubbles out there. We're not going to ask that person. I'm not going to ask that person. Who told you it's no fun to be a Christian so I can go find him and stone him? (laughs) No. We are a team. Right? Right. The whole body of Christ is a team. The whole body of Christ is a team. Okay, well, there's grace for that, too. All right, well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's see what we can do. We, we'll see what we can do with that. And I believe we can change thought bubbles. What an awesome thing to be a part of that shift. We want thought bubbles to be filled up with good stuff, like what about Christians? They are so kind, they care. They love. They listen. I feel safe with them. They're not going to judge me. And they are so happy. <laughs> One day I was walking my dog. It was less than a year ago. It was cold. I'm walking my dog, in a car p- slows down, pulls up to me, slows down, rolls the window down and asks about a particular address that was for sale. They were looking to move into the area because their daughter and children lived right around the corner and they wanted to be close to their grandchildren. So the gentleman asked me questions about the house. We talked about the house. I gave him my phone number, told him if he had any questions. We walked around. The people had already moved out. It was empty. And we knew them very well. So... Oh, do you think it'd be okay if we walk around? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know these guys really well. They want to sell the house. They did the same thing. It's becoming an epidemic. They moved to be closer to their grandchildren, so their house was empty, so these folks were looking to move in to be closer to their grandchildren. Walked around the house. I gave him my phone number. He said, well, my wife is going to want to know about some things, you know. I said, well, tell her to call me. That's fine. We can, you know, that's good, you know. And so we spent time, and we talked, and we did that, bad. and then he left. And then um, his wife called me, couple days later, the next day, a couple days later, and we talked, and we talked, she asked me all her questions, she told me everything she was concerned about, and what about this, and what about that, and um, then, I can't remember, if she, I think she actually called me back a second time just to say, or the husband came, maybe the husband came with a realtor, and, and we were outside, I don't remember, somehow we talked with them again, and they said, and he, I think it was the man, he said, you for being so nice (laughs) to my wife and to myself. I mean, you're just like so nice. Well, because I wanted to establish a, a baseline image first. If I told her that I was a Christian right away, her thought bubble would have gotten filled up with all the previous things. And then I might have been trying to reverse that or play catch up. So I would rather... She would just know me first, and then it's okay. You know, there's power in just creating a positive image first, and then let her wonder, and then let her ask, why are you guys so happy? And so um, I didn't want her to say, oh, I know why she was so nice to me, because pretty soon she's going to try to sell me her religion. No, I just want to be nice to you, because that's what God said. So we're going to go back to Colossians 4, 6 again. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. So let's just take a look at the salt piece right now. Okay, two things. First one, salt makes us thirsty. It was actually Grace who first gave us this concept when we were studying just walk across the room. Salt makes us thirsty. So if our speech is seasoned with salt, then they will want more. Right? We're not regurgitating every Bible verse we ever know at them. That's going to make them nauseous. <laughs> right? Really, right? We want them to, th- to thirst more of God who's in us. We can easily repel people or we can ask God what salt looks like when we're interacting with this particular person what is this what's going to make this person thirsty for more of you god so and then the second thing about salt i'm going to take really quick it's, it's just like one little paragraph out of better thought bubbles too um, because honestly it was just easier for me to just cut and paste the whole paragraph than it was for me to write down all these concepts i already did the research so i'm just going to read it to you jesus said you are the salt of the earth matthew 5 13 and salt is good But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another, Mark 9.50. Salt was a valuable commodity used as a seasoning, a preservative, a medicine, and specifically an antiseptic. Babies and animals were bathed in salt. Used in food, it not only enhanced the flavor but symbolized hospitality, loyalty, and friendship. As an antiseptic, it symbolized durability, fidelity, and purity. Because salt was included in sacrifices and ceremonial meals, it became part of covenant-making and symbolized enduring covenant. By calling us the salt of the earth, Jesus has not said a trivial thing. Salt was vital, life-giving, and preserving to physical, emotional, and spiritual health. So speak positively. Make sure your words taste good. Be encouraging. Bring life. Always bring life to those around you. Preserve life by sowing that which builds up. Be the very essence of physical, emotional, and spiritual medicine, salve for wounds. Wash guilt, condemnation, and discouragement away. Show hospitality. Be a loyal and trustworthy friend. So, if I say the Romans Road, at least some of you are going to know what I'm talking about, right? Yay! Carol's laughing. I love it. Okay, so what we're going to do is just think outside the box for just a minute. And if I offend you, please come up and see me later. So at some point, a Christian or Christians came up with the Romans road, right? Okay, does everyone remember the four scriptures in Romans? All have sinned. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us, and if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Great! Great! fabulous, but probably not such a good idea to indoctrinate ourselves with a magical formula, gospel presentation, because as powerful as the word is, as true as that all is, it's not a one size fits all. And it's a lot easier to recite four scriptures than it is to stop and ask the Holy Spirit, what does salt look like for this person right here? So we really could say we were kind of like choosing the lazy man's gospel. It's so easy. Oh, i see. I got my Romans around in the pocket. I'm all set. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to pull this right out. There you go. They're going to drop to their knees and get saved. <laughs> well, did they? Right? Okay, so, Father, what will touch this person next to me who needs you? What if the person next to you, what if the, or their grandma just died and they just need a hug? So the Holy Spirit just says, her grandma just died. Just give her a hug. And you know you never know what God is going to do with that hug. And just this week, in addition to the Clark story, we have another very powerful story of you never know what God is going to do. And I'm not going to share that one, but if you want to hear it, come on up. So in this room, the people here, we here are probably not reciting the Romans Road on a regular basis. But what, So why did I even talk about it? Why do we need to know? Well, we need to know that that's what the thought bombs are filled up with right? They're filled up with that. And now we're in a time when the shift to authentic, non-judgmental, it's not a sin gospel, forget about it. Shift to a beautiful father gospel, beautiful love of the father gospel. And I know that right now we're somewhere on that timeline, and that is so incredibly cool. So whether it's happy or peaceful or quiet strength, whatever that looks like in you. We know we we know that we are not all so freaking happy like Ralph. <laughs> right? Right? Okay, we're all different. So what does that salt look like in each one of us? Whatever it is, it is one of our frontline first opportunity gospel presentations and opportunity to change. Thought bubbles. So Jesus said, "Let your light so shine before men." So on Christmas Day this year, we're going to have our family um, celebration on Christmas Eve. So on Christmas Day, the kids are going to go to their others, and we're good with that, and that's going to be really fun. And so Mark and I are going to go to the Chilai Senior Center, and we're going to help serve. We're going to help Supervisor David Downing serve. Um, it's it's open to people who was Lots of food open to people who don't have plans on Christmas or maybe are alone or older, whatever. So we're going to help serve uh, for that. And so we let our light so shine before men. Are we going to go? Okay, Mark, are you ready? All right, let's go. Let's go do this Christmas thing. You ready to go? Oh, that's not very shiny. Right? So, the last thing I want to do is let's take a look at our personal happy The joy that we're ministers of. Joy, peace, you insert for your personality what that means. What does it look like? Well, first, it looks like we don't have to do anything to make it show. It automatically shows because it's part of us it's not easily affected by outside influences it's unmistakably genuine and most of all it looks like only God can put it there I'm not saying that we're never sad or mad or frustrated we don't need to get weird and be fake happy that's not what I'm talking about healthy is never weird, healthy is not weird and weird is not healthy right okay so this is real this is real it's healthy to recognize and be sensitive to real life situations what i'm talking about is a happy joyful peaceful foundation that doesn't change it's not a fluctuating it's not an up down up down I may be going through something really sad right now. I am going through something really sad right now. I got really sad news just yesterday. But the deep is good. I'm still good. This is really sad, this death that occurred. It's it's really sad. But it's not going to change my foundation. When we go through stuff... This is how we know. This is our ometer, right? We go through stuff. If it changes us, and then one thing changes us, another thing changes us, another thing changes us. Over the years, what does that look like? A whole bunch of scars, right? So this, the foundational, healthy, good, deep, is, is not going to change. We're going to be realistic. We're going to be sensitive. We're going to cry. We're going to grieve. We're going to go through stuff. But the real, real deep, that's the happy that I'm talking about. That's the yeah. peaceful that I'm talking about. If we have a history of things that have changed us and we don't, you know, we don't even remember what they are anymore, we're just, just not peaceful. There's stuff. There's scars. They're in there. We can't name them anymore. They happened so long ago we didn't let God heal them. They're still in there. We don't know what the heck they're called anymore. We have those, we need to be healed. We need to be healed. Stuff happens and I'm going to be able to work through it, but the deep, the deep place, the real place, we need that place healed. And I know, I know because I've lived both ways. I was raised by two of the most unhappy humans. I mean, no dishonor to my parents whatsoever. They are with the Lord. They were probably two of the most unhappy humans ever born. They suffered some terrible sorrows. They never got healed. So I personally have spent a considerable amount of time on both sides of that equation. Deep, deep, deep stuff not healed. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know what's going on. Deep stuff healed. I'm good. It's, it's good. And this side is much, much better. So I believe I've got another little theory. There's these invisible arrows everywhere. We have the little invisible arrows even in this room. We all have them. They're either pointing out or they're pointing in. We might have some pointing out. We might have some pointing in. And basically what it is is if something is hurting, then the arrows are pointing in because that's just the way we are as humans. If we, if we, if we injure our knee, then water's going to go there and we're going to have f- swelling. If we have pain, then energy's going to go there to it because we're very self-preserving and we want to feel better. So those arrows are going to be pointing in. When we get healed they get pointed out we have the capacity to love others we don't have as much capacity to love when all of our arrows are pointing in because it takes all of our energy we only have so much energy and so we've got junk in there that's not healed those arrows are pointing in. that's where our energy is going when we're healed for me they maybe they wanted a time they slowly start and then as they do you know your eyes just open up and you can just see i can i can help i see that person i can help that person when they're all pointing in, we're like, I can't, I just, I'm full. I have nothing to give. So all my arrows used to point toward me, all of them. And now they all point away from me because God heals me. And you know, sometimes those arrows feel comfortable. It's like our favorite sneakers. They feel comfortable when we don't want to change. When we say, no, no, and God doesn't force us. We say, no, God, I'm good. I'm going to stay this way. Well, you, I submit this to you. You can't stay that way and be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded is one of our core values, and if you're here, God brought you here. And kingdom-minded is all about arrows pointing out. It's all about arrows pointing out, because kingdom-minded says it's bigger than me. I'm healthy, my arrows are pointing out, and they're pointing to the kingdom. When they're pointing in, we are robbed of so much. And if we are robbed so much, then the people that we're called to touch Family, work, uh, work, that's my phone. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you want me to say that too? All right, okay, I'll get to that. Hold on, we're almost out of time. Um, If we're robbed, then the people that we're called to touch, people in our spheres of influence are robbed. Right? Okay, we can refuse it, but it's part of what God wants on the earth. God is giving it to us so that we can give it to them. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. So God loves to heal us. It's his will that we are completely victorious and full of joy. The Father gave us joy. How do we know this? Well, because we have Ralph to tell us. (laughs) We know this because one, there's fullness of joy in his presence, and two, we know that Jesus' death ripped open the veil and gave us free access to his presence. So it's a a huge invitation to joy there's full joy there come and taste of the full joy right why why does God want us to to have joy two reasons it's part of what Jesus did it's part of the all things it's ours Romans 8.32 how did he not freely also give us all things it's one of our free gifts from the Father are we going to let it drop or are we going to take it if our rich uncle dies and he leaves us a million dollars, we're going to take it, right? right? But if the Father has joy for us, we're going to say, eh, I don't know, let me think about it. <laughs> right, right? You guys are laughing because you know it's true. Okay, so he, gave it to, it, he wants us to have it because it's ours. He wants us to have it because he made provision for us. Second and uh, almost equally important, because we are ministers of it to the world. And it is a very inviting first line first impression gospel presentation change thought bubbles god wants us to have joy because he wants us to have joy or peace whatever like i said how you look how are you joyful peaceful he wants us to have it because he loves us and he wants us to have it because he loves them so joy is a big deal. Um, joy is going to come up. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Joy is a big deal, and she's coming up right now. Uh, perfect. How perfect. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I'm going to pray. The front is wide open today. Yeah. So I'm going to pray part of that, and then Joy's going to tell you the rest of that. So, yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Sometimes I feel like we just only have a glimpse. We just have a glimpse. Father, would you make us hungry for more? The freedom and the health, the freedom and the health and the joy that is available in you, Father we I, we only see we we probably only see part of it father would you make us hungry to become our best most healthy and free selves for you father father thank you you you, you know exactly what what to do and when perfect every time you brought that word up through david this morning that right there let's pick right up right up where that left off god you heal us you heal us father would you draw every person in this room to their most healthy effective wonderful destiny because you love us so much and because you love them so much in jesus name We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting
1: resources at newhopecom.org.